Hello guys, you are listening to Walking Russian. My name is Nikolai Sirov. I'm Ukrainian Catholic living in Moscow, Russia, and this is a podcast about the Catholic Church in Russia. I normally record it in the mornings on my way to the office. Thanks for joining me today, and I hope you'll enjoy this one. Good morning, my dear listeners and friends. It's 8.30 in the morning. And I'm as usual heading to my office. So how's your Advent time? This is only a second Advent for me, as I converted to Catholicism in November 2016. And one would say I should have some cool, clear memories of my first advent and my first Christmas but to be honest I don't because really I was so overwhelmed at that point I was so driven taken aback and emotional back then that my first advent and Christmas uh, they now seem like one general fog that I obviously feel very nostalgic about Um, but this time it is more structured now I pay more attention to what I'm going through each day and each week of the Advent. I pay more attention to my prayer life and I'm really working on things that ought to be settled and done during this period of the year. I will talk more about my take on Advent in the end of this episode, but first I want to share some of my personal story with you. Uh, So I came to Moscow by train in 2009. It took me 12 hours and I remember cars full of men making their way to Moscow to earn some money. Many of them were from Western Ukraine, uh, all greasy and untidy. They all looked like crumpled paper thrown away by a mediocre writer trying to find best words and never finding them. So, and they spoke Surzhik, which is a funny mix of Russian and Ukrainian languages. I'm as as much unlike them as Russians are. And I speak both Ukrainian and Russian. It's a common thing if you were born in Kiev. Being Ukrainian, I had to travel back and forth every three months to comply with the law that at that time prohibited me to stay in the country for a longer period. I was okay with it. My girl, she wasn't my wife yet, uh, was okay with it. So I traveled uh, visiting my family in Kiev just for a, a weekend. And then coming back to our Moscow apartment with trunks and bags full of clothes, books and Ukrainian food. Uh, And and somehow I never came, it never came to my mind that I might want to try to apply for any legal status. Um, I was enjoying my life with the girl that I loved. I transferred to one of Moscow universities and I finished my degree there in one year. At the the same time, I got two jobs, teaching chess in a small private school and working as a translator um, for an international education agency. Very fast I learned that I'm 
a shitty teacher and I left my teaching job becoming a full-time employee at the agency where they gave me an opportunity to expand my responsibilities so I started to consult people who were interested in studying abroad this became my passion and I do the same job up to this day having moved through the industry switching a few employers um, what else? Here's a funny thing. I had my fingerprints taken four times in Russia. Every time you apply for some kind of legal status, uh, you have to go through this procedure. Not once, but every single time. I don't know why. They do not seem to keep the records. Uh, this is the only plausible explanation as far as I can see. Or maybe they seriously take into account the possibility that you might burn out your fingers or make some plastic surgery to become another person, I don't know. But every time I applied for a new legal status or asked for a renewal, I was uh, forced to run through the whole thing again. I never thought it was wrong, I never uh, thought it made me look like a criminal though. Uh, many countries do the, uh, the, the same thing, I suppose. Do they? First time they took my fingerprints when I had to mm, get my official work permit. At that time they were issuing those plastic cards. Uh, it was a small red paw. Um, a, a small red thing with a poorly attached photograph looking almost like a poor mimicry of a driver license and you were issued this card for one year and it allowed you to work only within the region you applied in um, and you must have mentioned your specialty beforehand so uh, meaning being a manager you couldn't work as a teacher uh, and I have always been a manager. They call this red card uh, uh, patient for some reason. I don't know why. After my second patient, I decided to, I decided um, for the first time to apply for my legal status in Russia. And thanks to my marriage, I could apply without any additional pain, um, which you have plenty of trying to fit in the quote i.e. limited number of those who are eligible to apply each year and being married to a Russian you can apply directly. So I did apply. Now I am a legal, uh, I'm a legal resident in Russia but I still uh, I am Ukrainian still and I hold my passport, my Ukrainian passport and I am also Chachol, Copt uh, in English. Literally it means crest. This is how Russians call Ukrainians sometimes. Chachol, chachli. Uh, today this um, sounds offensive, almost like ukrop, uh, which is deal in English. But back then, eight years ago, almost ten years ago, it was totally fine. And I still call myself chachol. My friends, though, stopped to mention this word whenever I'm uh, in the room. They think it may hurt me, hurt my feelings. Uh, <laughs> this is ridiculous, but, but I got used to it. Um, maybe one day I will record a whole episode talking, um, talking more about Ukrainians uh, living in Russia. Uh, so anyway, l l let me get back to Advent now. So 
So we are now living through the second week of Advent. We light a second twilight candle on the second Sunday of Advent to represent the hope of Christ coming to the world. Uh, so what does it mean? I think it means that we have to get to a place where we can find peace. Because hope is peace eventually. We know that Jesus will come and save us. Uh, and that should give us peace, right? Is there easier said than done yeah i know but it's very important and crucial peace doesn't mean doing nothing peace has nothing to do with passivity peace is something that should um, be trained and nurtured it is a process a whole process of constant self-upgrading and it can be achieved only through god if I have a relationship with God that is fruitful and meaningful, I will succeed in gaining that peace that will allow me to be prepared. And that's what you want to have in your spiritual life. You want to be prepared. So now we prepare for Christmas by renewing our lives so that Jesus may be reborn in us. And, uh, and not just that, people around us, should recognize Jesus' rebirth in our lives by our sharing love, unconditional forgiveness, compassionate and merciful heart, and spirit of humble and committed service. Preparation work is so important. And I say work on purpose. I find it uh, so cool uh, and so important that on the second Sunday of Advent we are all invited to reflect upon the role of John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus and the salvation that, we, uh, that, that he, he would bring to us. John the Baptist is presented to us as a model during Advent. We too are called upon to prepare a way for the Lord. Like John the Baptist, we are messengers in service to one who is greater than we are. Our baptism commissions us to call others to life as disciples of Jesus. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Cheers and take care.